It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Ripping and running and doing my thing here on Locked On Jaguars on a Tuesday. Two days before Thanksgiving, and I wanted to make sure that I did a little bit of a special show to talk about some of the things that we should be thankful for around here as football fans. And I know it gets hard because the team, you know, they're not winning. The captain obvious here, the team isn't winning. And uh, they haven't been winning for quite some time. So I know you guys probably get to the point where you just wonder, why can't we have nice things, right? Well, we're going to make you feel a little bit better today, and I'm going to share some personal stuff with me about why uh, this is easy for me to do every day. And uh, there's a couple of reasons that's twofold, and we'll get into those as we move along. But we'd like to thank you all for making us your first listen here every day on Locked on Jaguars because it's your team every day, and we uh, love the fact that we give you this daily content that's free on all platforms, and you don't have to go and worry about going anywhere and paying for anyone. we also like to thank all of the people that have subscribed to the YouTube page. YouTube page. <clears throat> We're halfway home from what our initial goal was. And of course, our goal is to always uh, increase that as much as we possibly can. So make sure you subscribe and um, like that YouTube page as well. Um, the fans here get beat up a lot because the team doesn't win. I saw a funny uh, tweet this morning. I'll give my man Bow City Cap. And he was dead right. He was spot on. And I didn't even tell him I was going to talk about it. But he tweeted uh, something, a caption of a, the guy from the D Detroit Pistons trying to get after LeBron. He said, this is me trying to get at another fan base for saying something bad about Jacksonville, basically, after I have ripped the, the owner and the coaches and the GMs. So basically what he was saying was, I can talk about him, but you can't. And I, and I understand that sentiment all too well. Here's one little caveat that I put in there, though. I think because we talk about them in a negative way so much, it makes it easier for other people to do it. Now, I'm not saying it's the cause. I'm not saying it's the reason. What I'm saying, it makes it easier for other people to do it. And uh, the problem with when they do it, they talk about Jacksonville in this way. They talk about as if it's the city or the fans' fault. That's where they get it wrong. That's where they get it wrong, because if the if the team is bad because of bad management, because of bad coaching, because of bad ownership. No one ever talks about them selling the team. They just say move the team somewhere else. Well, bad here is bad in St. Louis. Bad here is bad in San Antonio. Bad here is bad in any metropolis you move to. Bad here is bad in London. If the people that run the team and if the management doesn't change, bad is going to be bad no matter where you do it. I said all along there's nothing wrong with Jacksonville, but I'm going to say it differently. There's a lot right about this community. There's a lot of right about these the fans here. There's a lot of right about Cap and the Bold City Brigade and Dilla and so many other people uh, that, that will fight you about their football team. There's so much right, and it's so much set up here the right way. Sometimes what I wish that would happen was, is that the Jaguars would deflect some of the criticism that comes the, the, towards the city and the fans 
and stand up and say, no, it's me. It's us. We haven't given them a reason to cheer. We haven't given them a reason uh, to be proud and stand up and fight for us and cut people for us, even though that's exactly what they do. We ought to be thankful for them. Yeah, there you go. And when I say we, I'm pretending that I'm quoting the football team. There ought to be a huge ad taken out every single time they play incompetent football that says it's not the fans' fault. It's not the city's fault. Too many times, and while they might be right in saying, look, if you want to be a big boy city, you got to do these things, and I get it. I really do. In Jacksonville, you know, for the most part, especially as of late, whether it be through the city council or the local government or whatever, and the fans supporting it, they, they're right there, man. They'll give you anything you ask for. What do you want? Yep, we'll do it. Yep, we'll do it. Within our reason, we'll do it. Jacksonville reminds me of me when I was younger. Had come from nothing. Had kids. Had custody of them for a long time before I remarried. Three. And had to find a way to do things. Everything that I could do, I did. Everything that I couldn't do, I found a way to do it. And anything beyond that, I did not feel sorry for the fact that I couldn't do it because I knew I was giving it everything I had. The difference is I don't expect anything back from my kids except one thing. I want them to be all right. I just want them to be good. The fans, the city, the taxpayers give, 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 and keep on giving, keep buying tickets, and they want one thing. They just want them to be fine. They want them. They want the team to be good. They want the best for the team. And I think sometimes every now and then, just like when you're uh, the, the, the breadwinner, every now and then all you want back is somebody to say, thank you. We appreciate you. And we'll do better. I think that's what the fans want. And I think that's why I think we should all be grateful for those honorary, crazy, we'll fight you in a minute, fans of this football team that have proven people wrong throughout, throughout all of the losing, have proven people wrong that this city isn't worthy of an NFL team, and not only an NFL team, a winning NFL team. I'm going to tell you why you need to be optimistic. And I'm going to do it here as we head towards Thanksgiving, the day that we all give thanks. Uh, I know for us, it's all about family. It's all about togetherness and 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 and, and everybody coming together and just uh, being happy to be around each other. So I want to tell you why, that even though the team's won two games, three games in the last 19 months or so, that you ought to have um, – Y'all to have room to be thankful. I'll tell you in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. All right, man, we're going to continue moving along here on today's show where I'm getting a little sentimental, man, because I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you what I'm thankful for from a football perspective. 
And a lot of people might think that it's hard to find something to be thankful for uh, when the team uh, has pretty much been uh, historically awful here for the last couple of years. But it, it's not hard. It's not hard. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Every single day you wake up, no matter what the result of the, the previous game was or no matter how you feel about your head coach, every single day you wake up, and you have the opportunity that there's a possibility that things are going to get better for your football team, you have a day to be thankful for. So how do I come to that conclusion or where do, or where do I get that, that theology or that ideology from? And I'll explain that too, because I'm going to give a shout out to somebody in segment three. It's not going to always be bad. And even though it's been bad for two decades, for the most part, it, it, it can't possibly always be this terrible i remember the tampa bay bucks and i'm not talking about recently i'm talking about the bucks that won the super bowl back in uh the early 2000s ever since i was a kid from those ugly orange uniforms all the way up through the pewter ones the tampa bay buccaneers were were to me what the detroit lions are to everybody in 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 the country now it's like a team that you can't ever remember winning anything because they never won anything okay so from that perspective, what changed? What possibly changed to the to the point where they won it in the early 2000s and then they won it again last year in 2021? And they've had some years in there where they've still been super competitive. And we can name the Hall of Famers. We can barely name them on two hands now, the Hall of Famers that have played for them or the future Hall of Famers that have played for them. Right. How they get to that point. You mean it wasn't. It wasn't the the uniforms. It wasn't the people of I think that what is that Hillsborough County. It wasn't the bridge that separates um, Tampa from St. Pete. It wasn't any hurricane that came through and, and over the years it did damage and ruin the ecosystem. How did they change? What happened? It wasn't the fact that they tore that old stadium down and then they, they rebuilt the other one, Raymond James. Could have been the fact that they hosted Super Bowls before. What changed? All it takes is putting the right person in charge. That's one. You put the right person in charge, they bring the right people in around them, they identify drafting players, and then one day you wake up and you got Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Booker McFarlane, Shelton Quarles, Rondé Barber, Mike Allstott, Ward Dunn, Keyshawn Johnson, Kenny McCardell, you got them all on the same team. What changed for them was Tony Dungy. And he left them when he moved on. And I guess you got to give Malcolm Glazer credit now because he's won two Super Bowls. What changed is that they put the right people in place. We, people, us, control whether or not you have good or bad luck or not my old football coach Fred Gurgis told me 
Good luck is when opportunity meets preparation. We we have to get the preparation part right. We play a part in it as fans, and the part that we play is the part that we do very well here in Jacksonville. And you know what that is? Don't ever lower your expectations, and you be relentless when you talk to this organi- organization and uh, about what they need to do, and, and you hold them you hold them affirmative to it. Don't sit here and allow viability and talk about hotels get in the way of the fact that they have been horrible in their responsibility to put a football team on that field that can be competitive, that can win, and that could give you something that you could outwardly be proud of. See, the pride that you have in Jacksonville and the Jaguars, that's not theirs to claim. That's yours because they haven't earned it. You give it to them because that's just who you are. So never, ever, ever let anybody tell you that you're not good enough. And that's what happens with these national people. And that pisses me off. You've been good when you haven't any you haven't had anything to be good for. So my thing to you is this. Even though you don't think you have anything to, to be optimistic about, be optimistic anyway, because you have a choice whether you want to be optimistic or not. That in itself is what you can be thankful for. And the promise that for me, just just as a witness that things can change as long as you don't change and start becoming what you despise. Don't be a bad fan of a bad football team. Be a good fan of a bad football team. And guess what? When they're eventually good, your reward is that they'll say thank you. Thank you for not just giving up on us when we were bad. That's to the faithful 50,000 and all of those people out there. If you're trying to find something to be thankful for during this week, now I'm going to tell you why I'm sentimental and I'm going to do it without crying because I'm a big boy, but I'm going to tell you why I gave you this message today. And I'm going to tell you why and, uh, and what are some of the things that I've been thankful for uh, and what football means to me and who made it that way. And I'll give it to you in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. It's football time. And nothing goes better with football and turkey than betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, more odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. To receive your bonus, you use the promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with the use of that promo code. Now, it's not just football, it's pro, college hoops, guys are fighting on the basketball court, boxing we had this past weekend, UFC we have coming up, and your favorite casino games from Vegas. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Okay, so third and final segment here, what we have to be thankful for. And I know on the surface it doesn't seem like we have a lot, but we actually do. Um, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to come on here every single day, five days a week, because we are your first listen, right? And we do this every single day. The number one daily podcast for Jacksonville. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is the number one daily podcast network going right now. Shout out to the Tegna family. Um, 
I'm thankful and I'm grateful for you because it allows me to continue to doing continue doing something that I wouldn't say I was born to do it, but I was kind of like raised and 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 taught how to do it vicariously through my grandmother. And I'll tell you why. Every Sunday, I wanted to watch football, and by me going back and forth between D.C. and um, Florida as a kid, I really saw in D.C when I was five, six years old, how everyone got together on Sundays for the Washington football team. And it was a big event. And I remember somebody taking me to one of the games, those games. And as a kid from down in Florida, I'd never seen that and never been, had, had ever experienced it. So that one year when I was, before I came back and went back and forth, when I was in kindergarten, I lived with my mom in the DC area and football on Sundays, you the roads were actually empty. And we would always barbecue and they had these big leisure vans and we'd be in this park somewhere, Anacostia Park, and guys would have TVs and they'd plug them in somewhere. I had no idea how in the hell it was going on, but the games were, it meant so much to so many people, the banners from the cars and all of this stuff. Even later on in like 82, when I was older, when I was like 12, 13, when they won uh, like two Super Bowls in three years and, they let us out of school for three days and all of that stuff. So it's just the pageantry of football. So when I came back to Florida, it wasn't that way. And I begged my grandma. I said, Mom, can we watch football on Sundays? And she was like, I don't know anything about that. We had one TV. So as we watched it, she would sit there. Everybody thought it was crazy. I was like, Mom, what you watching football for? Because of him. And I recall some people going, you need to let your grandma watch that TV. And she said, no, no, he's just going to explain it to me. Now, here's where we're going to get to the good stuff. I would sit there listening to Pat Summerall, Tom Brookshaw, whether it was the NFL Today earlier with Brent Musburger, uh, Phyllis George, Jane Kennedy, Jimmy DeGreek, Irv Cross. And then later in the afternoon, uh, hopefully we could get some Dickenberg and Merlin Olsen and uh, – all of these guys are just watching. And then on Monday nights, Howard Cosell, Monday Night Football. And, and I would explain this stuff to my grandmother. My grandmother didn't get it, wasn't into sports. But I would constantly tell her the rules, explain it to her. I would say about two years later, she could explain it to other people. She knew all of the teams. She knew all of the players. She knew all of the ins and outs. She knew the divisions. She knew everything about it. So now, because my grandmother, who's in her 40s, late 40s at that time, took time with a six or seven-year-old kid and learned about the game. And now every single Sunday from that point until I'd say about six years ago when she got sick, football was a day at her house where she would start cooking dinner at six or seven o'clock in the morning. And every single member of, I'm talking about maybe 40, 50 people. By now you got cousins. I got three or five kids. And at one point three and then five later, everybody would come over. All the kids in the backyard, guys grilling barbecue, people jumping out of their cars with coolers. And that's what for much of the last 40 to 45 years, my life has been like. And it got that way because not because I taught her how to watch football, not because we watch football together, 
but it got that way is because of what this game can do and, and what the joy of, of doing it on a Sunday with a lot of cooked food uh, could bring us. And it was the, it was the highlight of her week. And I lost her in 2020. I lost her right before the pandemic. In fact, I was able to go to her funeral. And then like a week later, I knew friends of mine that weren't able to go to their loved ones funerals because the pandemic had, had stricken our nation. So for me, the fact that I still get here, I get a chance every single day to relive those moments when I'm explaining football to someone. And I'm talking about the games and I'm having fun and I can just be myself. I don't have to watch what I say. I don't have to watch my mannerisms. I don't have to worry about hurting anybody's feelings because that's how she taught me to be. And she was the biggest Jaguar fan in the world before dementia started, you know, taking away her faculties. You guys will laugh if I tell you some of the, the last few things she told me. Okay, I'll tell you one, okay. Um, I went to kiss her. <laughs> and and uh, you almost got to laugh to keep from crying, man, because I went to kiss her one day when she really didn't remember who I was. And she said, blank, and I'm going to, blank is a word I cannot say. If you don't get your lips off me, I'm going to knock you out because I don't know where you had your mouth at. That's my grandmother. All right. So in a nutshell, when y'all hear my personality and you see me or somebody said wig said something we wasn't supposed to say. Yeah, I know. You know what? I probably did. And I got it from her. But sharing that with you and sharing these stories with you and talking football with you. I hope one I hope I can say that. On, on the week where we're all getting together as a family that she's kind of looking down on me saying a boy 52 years old and he has not changed from the time he was six that's what i'm thankful for i'm thankful for the fact that i was able to do that with her and now every single day i'm able to do it with you and i know i go back and forth with you guys on twitter and we slap box and we do all of that stuff trust me if i get sick and tired of it i won't do it anymore because i don't have to I think I can pretty much pack up right now and go live somewhere in an island and eat fish and drink fruit uh, juice and my ties all day. But I don't because I'm optimistic. I want one day, just like she learned how uh, to be able to watch football without me. I want one day for this team to win and reward the community that I grew up in with consistent effort, consistent contention and probably even one day be a champion because to me everybody in this community is champions already because you ain't been knocked out by what has happened and transpired and has transpired over the last 25 years i know y'all do all tough it'll it, it's all right it's all right so y'all can get back to cursing me out like tomorrow and friday but today Nah, man. I'm just thankful for everybody here on Locked On Jaguars, and uh, I'm proud to be the dude representing this city on Locked On Jaguars. You can check me out and make me your first listen. Make the Peacock and Williamson podcast your second listen. Y'all really want to learn about football. You want to talk about analytics and former NFL scout. You got an analytic guy and a former NFL scout that can bring it to you uh, like no other, and they are the flagship program of the Locked On NFL Network. All right, man. I'm out. I'm I'm out making y'all cry. I got one more show. We're going to do the crossover show early. 
uh, instead of Thursday, which I'm going to be giving all y'all a break because it's Turkey Day. We're going to do the crossover with Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons. We'll have that on Wednesday. And then we'll have something on Friday as we head into the Falcons game where we discuss uh, some of the possibilities for that game um, and figure out if the Jaguars are going to get that third win or not. They should, by the way. All right, until then, you guys take care, man, and take care of each other and get ready to enjoy your loved ones. Y'all travel safe. Be safe. There's a lot of people on the road. And we'll see you again the next time here on Locked on Jaguars.